Graham Batchert is one of the world's leading mental performance coaches. Uh, he has been working on, he's been featured on ESPN, SportsCenter, CBS, and many more famous media channels. He's worked with some of the best NBA players, including Aaron Gordon, Ben Simmons, Carl Anthony Towns, and Andrew Wiggins. And by the way, those are the last, the last three players are the last, or the actually number one draft picks for the NBA. And in addition to providing mental skills training for athletes, Graham creates mental training programs and online courses for coaches, parents, and working professionals that teaches them to perform better while enjoying the process. He also he is also the author of Play Present, a book about mental skills training for basketball players. Thank you for being here today, and we're going to talk about physical and mental health, uh, mental effects of COVID nineteen on athletes, and we're grateful to have a chance to learn from a mental skills pro. pro. Um, Graham, great to be here. Thank you. Grateful. Yeah, of course. Um, how does it feel to work with NBA players that are so competitive? Ah, oh, man. I mean, you know, the NBA was a dream of mine. So it's it's a lot of fun. You know, when you work with people that are serious about what they do and they care about it. And of course, they're they're good at it. And they're at the, you know, at the peak of their craft. It's a thrill. You know, for me, anytime someone is dedicated and is open-minded to training their mind it's always fun it's always fun to watch them make progress and in the nfl i mean excuse me in the nba it's so competitive that you know if you're not doing mental training man it's it's hard to compete at a high level because this stuff is so valuable so what do you do with your nba players that you coach um you know i mean a lot of them is just teaching them a skill set and then having them practice the skill set right so you get them to focus on what they can control you start with that and then you work on being present, right? The uh, the ability to be in the moment you're in and trust your skills and be uncomfortable and be vulnerable and still be in the moment and trust your skills. And then we work on the, the skill called next play speed, which is basically if you're not in the moment, if you find your focus and attention somewhere else, can you catch yourself and bring yourself back into the moment? So that's kind of the foundation of of what we start with. And, you know, honestly, all those are a lifetime's work to work on them, but that's, that's absolutely the foundation. I see. And I know you also were the director of mental training for the Utah Jazz for quite some time. What did you do there? I mean, it was basically setting up a program for the Jazz, you know? And so just, you know, you know, like a strength coach, you can think of me as a strength coach for your mind. So you set up mental skills, training programs with the players and the staff and, you know, I really work as a teacher where I'm teaching a skill set and then I have to be around and coach them. So kind of normalization is the word that we want to make mental training normal. We want to introduce a language so people are on the same page with the language. And so everything I did with the jazz was set them up so they could, you know, be doing mental training on a daily basis, uh, you know, proficiently, regular and, and get positive effects. So did you talk to each player like individually for like an hour a week or something? Or is it like a big talk? Yeah, no, there's no real specific rules, you know. So it's kind of you can do one-on-ones with players, connect with them one-on-one, and then every once in a while get in front of the whole team and, you know, present for a few minutes here and there. A lot of it is building trust at that level and really making sure that you're able to build the relationship, build connection, and you don't feel like you're in a hurry to work with anyone. That really helps at that level. And so that was a lot of my work. And then the one-on-ones kind of happen naturally. You know, players come up to you and chat with you and talk with you. And you do a lot of the work. It's not necessarily like an hour session. It might be two minutes that you talk to each other in the hallway. Or three minutes that you talk to each other on the bus. Or five minutes that you lead them through a meditation, you know, right after shoot-around. 
you know? So I found it's not like necessarily um, just like, hey, <laughs> it's going to be an hour and that's how we're going to do it, you know? Yeah, I get it. And what kind of uh, mental skills did you teach to athletes? Like what were some of your favorite ones that you always like to talk about and how can it be applied to younger aged athletes? Well, one thing I, I teach everyone I work with is a little technique called MVP. And the M stands for meditation, and the V stands for visualization, and the P stands for powerful self-talk. So I combine three skills into a little technique, and I usually spend five minutes doing it. You know, I have someone close their eyes and focus on their breath, start to meditate into the moment. Then I'll have them visualize going through maybe their free throw routine, you know, or visualize going through their shot and imagining themselves doing it. And then you say a couple of positive affirmations to yourself at the end and that's a little technique so it's a technique i've been working with with everyone it's a great way to start and uh i built a gym called train the mind for kids to check out where we put hundreds of mvps on there so that's a place for kids to go check out great place to start it's just be guided through an mvp and that's what i would teach at the nba level middle school high school college every level that's the some of the foundation for sure yeah i've, I've checked out train the mind and your website like is that just a website where you post videos and tips train the mind yeah yeah train the mind is an online mental training gym so it's like you go there it has a membership you join like you would join a gym and then I brought on uh, right now there's five other mental skills coaches we have the Mavericks mental coach um, the current jazz mental coach the Clippers mental coach the Texas Rangers mental coach, and we have put uh, almost 500 workouts on there. So it is a organized set of workouts, um, you know, displayed like Netflix, so it's easy to use. And the idea is you go there and just get your workout in every day, right? You hit the gym, watch a video or two, take in the lesson, apply the lessons. And uh, the whole key is repetition, though, right? There's no quick fix, and mental skills training is like anything else. You got to practice a little bit every day, you know? That's great. Yeah, I'll link that uh, below to let everyone check out. And also, aren't you part of Lucid Performance? Yeah, I've made Lucid. Uh, we made that like four, about four years ago now. And uh, that was the first thing, first project I did in technology where we built that app. And then what we learned from Lucid, we took to train the mind and built Train the Mind. So yeah, no, Lucid Performance is a great app. I built it with George Mumford, another incredible mental coach. You know, I think he's the best ever. And uh, Aaron Gordon helped out with that app. So, yeah, just it's just a, another way to reach people where they are. So for kids, having access to that app or access to the Train the Mind will give you access to all these skills and tools. And, of course, the key is, right, you have to practice every day, right? There's no quick fix. I see. That's great. And I know another thing that you, uh, you encourage strongly is playing present. And can you talk yeah. to us about why that's important? Yeah, absolutely. So I wrote a book called Play Present, and it's a series of plays. And the idea is, like, think about me and you talking right now. Like, this is the present moment we're in right now. And to be in, anywhere else would be foolish, right? Because this is where our attention is needed. So in basketball or sports, right, focusing on the task at hand is super important. Because if you're focused on the past or the future, you're not really in the present moment. And the only time you can make a play is in the present moment. So you start to train yourself to be here more often instead of being somewhere in the future like thinking about results and outcomes. 
A lot of times we get caught up in avoiding failure or wanting certain outcomes, and that takes us away from the present moment. Um, for example, if we want to win really bad, focusing on winning uh, does not help us, right? Focusing on the task at hand helps us. Winning is somewhere in the future, like a result. So the irony is playing present is what gives you the best chance to have really good results. That's cool. And <laughs> I would like to switch gears a bit now and talk about COVID in sports. So during the yeah. months of March and through June of 2020, sports basically came to a stop and athletes had to find their own ways to work out on their own. So what effect did that have on them physically and mentally? I mean, a ton, you know, I mean, people didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. So with a lot of the athletes I worked with, it just came back to focusing on what you can control, right? Keeping it really simple because no one knows when you're going to play, if you're going to have a season, uh, things are going to happen. So it just came back to being simple, right? Coming back to being present. What can I control in the present moment? Focusing on that and then really working on letting go of other things. So that could be challenging for a lot of people, but this time last spring when COVID hit, it was actually a great opportunity for a lot of people to start doing mental training because clearly things got really uncomfortable and the future became murky. So people didn't know what was going to happen. And all we have is the present moment, right? Isn't that what we have? So now, you know, the, the training becomes obvious that I have to train myself to be here because that's where all my security is. Not in like, I know what's going to happen in two months because people don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, so when COVID hit, did you start uh, talking to your players more? Like, did they want to talk to you more because of the insecurities of like everything? Um, some people did, maybe not necessarily more. You know, a lot of the players I've been working with them for years already. So we prepare for stuff like this. You prepare for the unknown. You prepare for these situations, but everyone still goes through it. But I didn't find myself doing anything necessarily any different except for I was on the phone with players more instead of being in person with them that was kind of the big change because of you know you can't couldn't be around each other yeah and um did you see that COVID affected the mental health of uh different athletes differently so for example did you find that more elite athletes like the ones you train had fewer mental training a fewer issues with anxiety depression compared to younger athletes you know what I what I noticed was it affected everybody and that's kind of what I've noticed across the board is didn't matter what age you were, everyone was kind of affected by this. And that's the thing about doing mental training. It doesn't mean that you don't have feelings. It just may mean that you know how to deal with them a little bit better. So I think everyone kind of felt anxious this year. Everyone felt uncomfortable this year. Everyone feels vulnerable. The mental training means that you kind of have some coping strategies to deal with that. But it doesn't mean that you don't have those feelings ever. So I noticed everyone had the feelings, man. Everyone had them. The people that had spent time working on mental training or doing their inner work, um, what I've noticed is they tend to be a little bit more resilient and a little bit more able to deal with vulnerable and uncomfortable times. You mentioned like mental training has coping strategies. Would you mind like talking about one that uh, yeah. one of your players use maybe? Um, well, like a, a really good one, let's, let's just say you feel uncomfortable, right? You know, like something comes up is the skill is be comfortable being uncomfortable and take a few breaths and breathe through that moment. So a coping skill is finding your breath and learning to calm yourself down with your breath. We call it a centering breath. So when you find yourself get triggered or worried or anxious, instead of just reacting to that energy, you choose your response and you take a slow, deep breath. And just by doing that, it can change your energy and help you slow things down 
and kind of change your physiology right right in the moment. I see. And now that sports are starting up again, uh, there are a lot of changes and restrictions like having to wear masks or no spectators at games. Do you think that is going to impact how players play the game? Um, uh, the, the one thing I noticed, like if you watch the NBA, when the NBA played last season, the, the, the basketball was really good. So I think the play is at a super high level. Um, everyone's playing really well. What I've noticed is it's, you know, like just at any moment, someone could get COVID and they have to sit out or be quarantined or something like that. But the state of play I've noticed is at a very high level. The NBA was playing at a super high level when they were playing. The NFL seems to be at a great level. Uh, Major League Baseball was doing really well. So uh, the challenge was there was just no fans, right? And being away from your families and, and being away from the stuff that was normal for you, you know? But the, surprisingly, the, I mean, the play was really good. I see. And back to like your players, do you like, during the bubble, did you like take a look at everyone's, pl- like your players and how they played? Or do you, do you just wait for them to come talk to you? Yeah, no, a lot of times I just wait till we check in. You know, I can't watch every game or, or be attached to it like that. In fact, sometimes one of the benefits is I'm not attached to it like that. And then, then when the player calls me, I'm not living and dying with every basket they make. Because a lot of people around them, it's intense. You know, every basket is analyzed, scrutinized. And so for me, I give them space to be humans. So I wait till they reach out to me and connect. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, don't put too much pressure on when I already know they're feeling a much pressure. Oh, that's great. And when they're in the <coughs> bubble... Uh, was it more difficult to talk to your players since you couldn't really talk to them in person now? Um, I, I've done a lot of my coaching on the phone over the years, so I've actually got really comfortable over the phone. And with a lot of clients, that's just like a really natural way to do it. So it actually worked just fine um, doing it over it, the phone. And then for me, it's nice not to have to travel. I've traveled so much over the last 15 years that being home and not having to travel was really nice, actually. Like, really nice. Got it. And... Since, like, sports are starting up now, what are the things that athletes need to do to ease back into organizing team sports mentally if they've been out um, of it for several months? Yeah. Listen, give yourself permission to not be perfect. Think about progress over perfection. I see so many athletes worrying about being perfect, not wanting to make mistakes, and that's how they feel anxiety and don't have a fun time. So bring joy into what you're doing. Just think, make a little progress every day. And I mean, really think about joy and having fun, right? That's the key ingredient to all of this. As soon as this becomes a job or a business or something you hate, it's, it's almost impossible to keep doing it. So I'd say joy is a really big one. And then remember, progress over perfection. Don't try to be perfect. I see. And I also know that you talked to, I've read a couple articles on your uh, sports psychology tips. And you said that an iron fist and a velvet fist at the same time is what you should be playing with. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, well think about that. Iron fist and a velvet fist. So iron, right? Iron is tough and strong, right? And velvet is more soft and gentle. So you have to know how to use all those things, right? So say something is out of your control, um, be soft and gentle in, the, uh, in that moment. Let it go, right? Don't, get, don't be an iron fist towards something that's out of your control. And then when something's in your control, you know, like, a, like your effort or your attitude, yeah, be tough as hell when you do that. Don't let anything take away your attitude, having a good attitude. Don't let anything take away your effort, you know? And so you learn when to be really strong and when to be more relaxed and flexible and to kind of let things happen. So in general, what I do is with the uh, velvet fist, that's with the stuff that's out of my control. <laughs> I just let it go. Like referees, 
officials, the other team, all this stuff you see people get really mad at, that's when you want to use a velvet fist. And the iron, and like the, the strong fist is like, look, me having a good attitude, having a great effort and focusing on the present, that's not negotiable. No one can take that from me, right? Let nobody take that from you because that's what's in your control, you know? So you kind of learn to have that flow state in different situations. I see. And along the same lines of like uh, adversity and obstacles, I saw a video where you talked about how to overcome obstacles. Could you like talk to, talk about that? Yeah. Well, first of all, obstacles are going to come into your life, right? So you embrace them. Um, you, you embrace them and you learn from them, right? You don't try to avoid them. You're always, you're going to have obstacles. That's how you grow. So the first thing you do is you welcome them in, you embrace them, you know that in the growth state, if I'm going to be in a growth state, it's going to feel uncomfortable. So you don't want to be in the comfortable state all the time. You want to be in the growth state. And obstacles give you a great chance to grow and to persevere, right? And don't let those stop you. So no matter what happens, what you should realize is the only thing that can stop me is if I stop myself. So if you think about being like water, Think about water going down a river, right? When water goes down a river and it hits a rock, what does it do? It goes around it. It goes over it. It goes under it. It doesn't get mad, right? It doesn't get mad at the obstacles in the way. It just learns to flow with it. So what I want people to do is learn to flow with their obstacles, learn from them, welcome them in, embrace them, but never let them stop you. I see. And um, I know a lot of my viewers, and especially me, like I'm interested in like the NBA and I'm just amazed at like how you get to coach such good players. Can you talk about a time where a player, a problem a player had and how you overcame it with them? Sure. Uh, and no, most of the NBA players I've worked with, I, I met them when they were kids. So if you're out there wanting to work with NBA players, right, help someone who's a child get there. And that was always my strategy was proactive mental skills training is being able to proactively teach them. So Aaron Gordon, I met when he was 11 years old. Jalen Brown, I started working with when he was 15. You know, Ben Simmons was 16. Carl Towns was 16. So all of them, I dedicated and really focused on helping a group, helping kids make it to the NBA. So as exciting as it is to be in the NBA and all that, really this is about devotion and dedication and sticking with something. And then, you know, the, the problems that NBA players face are the same that high school players face, right? Uh, let's say an NBA player misses a couple shots, right? Or an NBA player thinks they get fouled and there's no foul called. Here's the moment to move on to the next play, right? So the first thing I would do, like say with the Jazz, is you just introduce next play speed. So someone like Joe Ingles, right, who's a great shooter for the Jazz. One time he got fouled, but there was no foul call. And what he had to do was move on to the next play, what he did was focus on that the referee missed a call. So how we got better at that is we said, hey, next time, so what next play, right? Here's the velvet fist. Let go of that ref. Don't get mad at the ref. Be gentle, be easy, and then move on to that next play. And that ball is going to come right back to you. Then you shoot the next one. You know, so it's the same stuff on any level. It's just a willingness to practice it and do it. And, uh, you know, helping someone do it comes down to you have to want to help yourself and you have to want to move on to that next play. And Joe Ingles, you know, wanted to do that and practice it. So, but, you know, a lot of the work is just building trust, right? It isn't like you go to the NBA and you're like, oh my God, I'm at the NBA. It's like my dream come true. Because how can you coach if you're in that state? You know, it's more, you're more excited to be there than you are. I need to help and coach everyone here. So for me, it was just slowly taking my time to be there, having a ton of patience 
And by the time I made it to the NBA, I could actually help them because I wasn't afraid to lose my job or, or anything like that. So, you know, the first person you actually work on helping is yourself, man. Because if you, can't, if you can help yourself, that'll give you the ability to keep persevering and keep showing up. You know, I knew I wanted to be in the NBA at 11, and I didn't get to the NBA till I was 39. You know what I mean? Got it. I, That's okay, great. Go ahead. Yeah. And do you have any other just general tips for young athletes that really want to uh, play at a competitive level? Yeah. Start working on your mind. Start reading every book you can on sports psychology. Start training your mind. Like really, really value that because if you're, if you're focused on winning and competing, man, mental training is going to separate you without a doubt. So I would just, I would dedicate. And then remember this, progress over perfection. Don't try to be perfect. That's the thing that kills most athletes I know. And then bring joy to everything you're doing. Bring joy to the hard work. Bring joy to the grind. Bring joy to the resistance. Bring joy to your struggles. And then you'll persevere, you know? What are some of those resources and books that you recommend? Yeah, well, I mean, I wrote a book called Play Present. Um, so I would recommend that. Uh, it's a great book for mental training. Another one is called The Mindful Athlete by George Mumford. That's an incredible book. Another book that's great is called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And a great book is called The Five Longings. This book really uh, impacted my life. So those are great books to start. And then, of course, TrainTheMind.com. Check that out. Uh, that's a great, it's a mental training gym. And then I make a lot of music now these days. So another way to train is I put beats behind coaching. And so we, we make mindset music now. And you can find some of our songs on GameFacePerformance.com backslash mindset music or grambetchart.com so um, i'll send you some of this mindset music if i haven't already sent you but it's another way to kind of get this information while you're listening to music wait so mindset music is like just regular music that helps you perform yeah it's it's me coaching and, we, and i work with producers who put beats behind it you know? oh i see that's great yeah so another way for athletes to train yeah do you have anything else you want to uh, talk about or let the audience know i think this is good man this is great this has been thorough all right thank you for meeting with me i know you're super busy so uh it was great speaking to you and thanks to all the listeners yeah thank you again stay in touch and uh grateful thanks for having me cool. be a part thank you